In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. When I write y'all, all across the USC, Compton, Watts, Bay to L.A., Pomona, California, the valley we represent that killer county so if you keeping it real on your side of your town you tune in to gangster chronicles gangster chronicles we gonna tell you how it goes uh if i lie my nose will grow like pinocchio we gonna tell you the truth and nothing but the truth gangster chronicles this is not your average show you're now tuned into the real MCA, Big James, and Big Stale. Strictly from the streets. Hello. We represent the James. Where you at? This is OG Gangster Granny, and the Gangster Chronicles podcast is back in effect. Get ready for some of that G shit and blaze up some Warner Marrow. And we're back with our 100th episode celebration of the Gangster Chronicles podcast. And this time, man, I got a really good friend of mine sitting there with us. A couple of good friends of mine sit with us. I got my boy Glass Malone and Peter Bosch. And Big Jay. And Jay, you a part of the show, dog. Come on, man. And, and, and Nate, of course. Well, and I wanted to tell you, you know, Glass and Peter have a podcast right now. What's the name of your podcast? Technically, no this is the No Ceilings podcast featuring Gangsta Chronicles. Yeah. Oh, so right. we're going to do it like that. Yeah, so so we'll make, we make a couple edits. This is No Ceilings no, podcast featuring Gangsta Chronicles. We're going to keep the same edit. That way, they be like, them niggas is crazy. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it, dog. You got both. Niggas be like, what happened? For sure. So, and, and you have a, um, a, happen to have a white guy with you. Yeah, Peter. Well, that's wow. me. Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter, he's, nice, he's a nice white intro. guy. That's nice introduction. Nice introduction. No, we, that's what no. they give me. Yeah. Peter, are you white? He said, and you have a white guy. Legally, with you. yes. Legally white. Yes. No, technically black. That's the inside joke that me and Peter got. You know, the white man's opinion and everything. You know, we got a thing. That's correct. White man's opinion. And so, glasses. 
I'm gonna start right off the rip, man. Whether it's on Instagram, Clubhouse. You know or... what? We're not even gonna do that. Uh -huh. We're gonna do something better. Did you think you would make it to 100 episodes when you first came up with this? Man, I didn't know. I you don't really remember when we was that talking about this? Yeah, I remember we was talking about when we was first talking about it. I knew it was gonna be some cold shit though. Do you remember the inspiration of why you start doing this? Yes, I do. You start trying to live vicariously through your son. And you I was think... like, you got so much to offer the world, you shouldn't stop. Yeah, you did tell me that. You told you me You looked at me going. crazy. You're like, gee, I can't do nothing. I'm like, you got a lot to offer the world. Yes, yeah, so you hear that? And you just tried to back down. And next thing you know, now you got a pod, you're on 100 episodes, you big podcast. You, you, you were trying to play football again. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to live through Chris. What's hell cold no. is. Ball no, hell no. I was doing the same <laughs> shit you were doing now. It's my fucking oh, culture. He was coach. I was coaching. going to the Little League games doing... with the football uniform on still and shit. They like, this nigga 13 and shit still. With no, it the... was, no, it wasn't no shit like that. But How I was your team when you was coaching. I was coaching football and everything like that. He would only coach his son's team. I hate them kind of dads. Well, who the fuck else was, was he, I gonna coach classes? Was he a daddy baller? <laughs> his, his son was coach. I can't. I his wasn't son was for you or daddy. His son baller. was good. I didn't coach my son. I coached offensive line. No, uh, I coached offensive line. Chris didn't play all the good positions. No, Every uh, one of them. He was the best player on the field, though. Yeah, he okay. was. He was. I, I didn't coach him though, but but he, he never coached no other team. He like he like Snoop. He retired when his son retired. That was it. No, I actually coached two years after that. I actually won two Super Bowls after that after he left. Who yeah, I would you let... coach for. I coached Paramount. I was the president of Paramount's organization. I coached okay. Paramount. Um, what happened was, I actually coached two years after Chris left because I coached all my kids up. Because you got to remember, I had all of them since they was eight years old. Right. So I coached them off eight to fourteen. Gotcha. Who was the player you thought at one time, like besides Chris, that you knew like this guy is special? Oh, um, Kobe Pepe, um, the defensive lineman up at USC right now. His dad brought him in from Long Beach Patriots, right? He got cut from there. They told him he wasn't no good. And so I brought him out there and I said, man, this dude could actually be a really good defensive lineman, but his dad wanted to play linebacker and tight end. You know, the dads come in with all these expectations. The glory position. Yeah, so he was so much bigger and faster than everybody let him play linebacker. Now he at USC, he actually got a lot of time as a freshman. We actually had 13 kids from that team. My team um, that year is playing college football right now. What was the saddest case that happened? Like out of all the kids that you felt like it was one kid could have been special, but like the streets kind of start doing a number on him. Well, I had a kid, um, I had a couple of them. Um, I had one kid that came in, um, he was from Compton. I heard maybe a year and a half ago, he got shot and killed. Um, he started gangbanging, started claiming a um, neighborhood over there. And the dad had me talk to him a couple of times. Um, he wound up getting killed. I had another kid, I don't, I don't really want to put his name out there like that, but I had another, yeah, we used to call him Black Jesus. Remember the one kid I had? I remember. That was from Watts. I had to actually go to Watts to the projects to get this kid. Um, We walk up in there, I'm walking in the projects, man, like eight o'clock at night. Yeah, I know you was shitting. And I don't know what his mama was doing there, but she, his mama ran shit in the projects though. And I went up there and they was like, what the hell you want, homie? Who you up here looking for? And I was like, I'm looking for people. They was like, Sean, Sean, it's a coach here looking for you. You know what I'm saying? So he came out. And she said, well, the only way you can get him is you come and pick him up every day. So we had somebody come pick him up every day for practice. He wound up staying over my house a lot with me. I had kids at one time living at my house, G. That's, you all right still, man. Every time I, you always surprise me with something new. So it wasn't just about Chris. Chris happened to be a product of it because I didn't actually want to coach his first year. I got asked to coach the first year he did because they didn't know what I, the hell they I, was doing. That happened to me I wanted too. to just watch. I really wanted to be a daddy baller and just watch my son play and this. They need the help. 
And that went from me doing that to seeing some shit that was wrong with the organization. Nah, then being the one just being on the coach. Now nah, you was cussing the coach out. Tell I ain't never had to cuss the coach out. Never. You, I'll be honest with you, man. My son, I never had to talk to no coaches about him. I just let him go play. Right. And let him do his thing. He so you're not like LeVar? No, hell no. Not like that. I ain't like LeVar Ball. <laughs> See, this is called right here. It flipped around glasses interviewing us now. No, I'm not interviewing. I'm just talking <laughs> to y'all. Well, he heisted yeah. your show, and now it's our show. Yeah, that's so cool. That's I'm all with that. Now. I'm but just now it's talking our show, to so y'all. I'm all with that. This is something different. No, I'm just talking. I'm just like, asking. He, he, he don't like that shit. Yeah. You see him? He like, well, you look at interviewing us now. Well, shit. no, it's all good. <laughs> he put him in the other position. He well, ain't feeling no, right. No, it's all good. But um, I think the biggest thing, man, I fell in love with the kids. That's cool. Because you figure when I had them little dudes, they was all eight years old. I had a kid named Jerry that was too big to play on the upper level. He actually quit the first year. He got hit one time and said, I'm out of yeah, here. Yeah, I, I know. I, I didn't have a few. He of those. got his spirit pack and was gone. You and his boys. nigga said he got his spirit pack and was gone. <laughs> he, got gone. Little, he got his little t shirt and shorts and was gone. Cool. You I'm ever been in the sports, James? No. <laughs> <laughs> my nigga That's come, all the fuck I'm gonna say. No, no. My nigga said them streets was my sport. That's it. Hey, no, he was the MVP in them streets. I watched my it. nephew play, and he got hit, and the ambulance came. Motherfucker, get your ass up! <laughs> and he let the ambulance take him away. I never went to another game before. See, clown. I'm coming. You get took out of the ambulance. See, James is one of them fucked up ass owners in the game. You get hit, kick your bitch ass up. Kick your bitch ass up. He got broke collarbone and shit. Better stand up. Walk that shit off. Bro, that motherfucker. They took him to the hospital. By the time we left the stands and got to the hospital, that motherfucker was standing in the hallway ready to go. Ain't nothing wrong with this motherfucker. His whole fever broke. Yeah. James like, walk it off. Oh, no, but he became like hard. His, he played, his spirit he played was in, broke. Uh, James sitting in the stands and said, I can't do that. He was like, hold up. What high school did you go he to, OG? looking out the gate huh? and shit. What high school did you go to? What high school did you go to? He's like, this motherfucker got the ambulance to? coming to get him. I went to Dominguez. Got kicked out of Dominguez the first day I went to the motherfucker. How the fuck you kicked out the first day? I was getting checked in, and I was fighting outside where I was getting checked in. And they say, we don't they want like, him here. Then I went right to Centennial. Now, just turned right on around. So they gave, get, get your little books and shit, little get on home. For my classes, I was like, oh, no, fuck this. So I just went to school for lunch. <laughs> it's not funny. No, serious. I went. Even at the 10? Just for activities. I just went for lunchtime. And that's where all the fighting started. So I just went to school for lunch. There wasn't nothing else to go for. So you just went to school for the fights? Just to go for the fights. I didn't know but who was fight fighting at the 10? Gangbangers. With each other? At the 10? See, I think this is the problem. I think. Hell yeah, like, gangbangers. No, when you think about it, I think, because when, when you grow up like right in your, your crib, you always think of the Bloods as like a bunch of people that's cool together. Oh, so when you're saying at the yeah, 10, yeah. you're like, no. it's the same thing. Yeah, we did. We did when think I was that going though, to school, as, as young yeah. Crips, we didn't like think all that together. y'all got into it as oh. much oh, as, no. as we did. I had a purpose when I was gang banging. My purpose was to fight and fuck with niggas that wouldn't on my side. And <laughs> that's that a was fair purpose, point. I guess, for that's, that that's particular thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't look at gang banging like they used to look at gang banging, but back then, it meant something to me and some of the other cats from where you from. I had pride in where I was from. And to be a gang member, these cats don't understand what a gang member is. I was active, so I believed in 
getting at the other side or the other side getting at me. You can't go home crying because you got your ass whooped by the Crips. Just like some niggas can't cry because they got their ass whooped by Bloods. Exactly. So it was just part of the game. But when I was in the game, I believed in that. I believed in what I was. I believed in what I was doing. If you fold today, you're going to fold tomorrow. When and that you, wasn't happening. When do you first time remember like, like Pyro's being against Pyro's? Like when do you actually remember that happening? This is a history everybody can see if you've been in the hood a long time. Motherfuckers been against each other from the beginning of time. It just ain't exposed like it is today. You know what I'm saying? You always have motherfuckers that fought each other, but like with like with Pa Rouge and Compton, you really didn't get that I've never because seen that until we was already outnumbered. You know what I'm saying? Whether you went to jail, whether you went to prison, the homies I didn't listen to is the ones that told me when you go to prison, when you hit whoop the whoop, sock the guard, hit somebody. There's too many crips on on Chino West. <laughs> They gonna kill you. Oh, ain't that the purpose of being with y'all? Fuck folding up. You know what I'm saying? So I've learned, you you know, we was always outnumbered. But you are who you are if you stand up to that. And you know, I was taught to be tough. I didn't have a choice. So if you gonna whoop my ass, you gonna whoop my ass. I had I had a saying like the real like real blood is like the Marines. You was like the smallest, but you got to be the most active. You had to be. My brother is from uh, Poole. It's from Fruittown, Bram, and he was always, anywhere we would go, we would always get into it. And I could imagine he always had to be overactive because everywhere he went, it was just Crips everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. had to be a cold nigga to be a real That's blood, the life. Dog. You have to, you have to. So, I mean, just living that life and being, you have to. I done seen a lot of cash fall. Just on where you from, homie. Mm. Oh, I ain't from nowhere. I'm from Mississippi. Motherfucker, you live over here. You know what I'm saying? So, but you get it on both sides. I don't give a fuck what hood you from. I don't give a fuck what hood you He said I'm from Mississippi. Everywhere you go. Yeah, everybody that gangbang ain't built for. No, no. Ain't built for that type of shit. Definitely not built for the infantry part of it. No, they not built for that type of shit. I always felt like, um, I would argue with my older homies, I felt like, one of the mistakes was trying to turn everybody into the infantry. Like, it seemed like it could have more arms and more, like I would, certain homies I thought should have been, we should have put them through college. Certain homies I thought should have, we should have made them police. I, I was thinking just differently and them niggas would look at me like I done lost my mind, but I felt like it was a confusion that if everybody was infantry, they didn't belong. And I thought that was one of the biggest mistakes. Well, I that's, thought that's you could make some people to make money. It was certain homies I grew up with like, it didn't matter how much you would be willing to participate and do what you got to do. It's certain people where I'm from, they love that. The infantry part of it is everything. They oh, definitely. looking at the guns, staring at them. They, one of my homies know how to break down guns and clean them. That was his thing. He'd be the first one to get killed up. For, for sure. It could happen. That's why we created, when, when I was doing it, we had Buster Week. And that's to eliminate the guys that just in the hood, living off of the the big homie or this dude or that dude. Or just the and reputation of the neighborhood. They, you can't wear a certain color and then go somewhere else and take it off. So that's what Buster Week was. We know you ain't with it. So that saved a lot of cats in the neighborhood life because once you get punked in front of your girl, what happens? You don't want to do this shit no more. Yeah. Once you get beat up, you don't well, want to uh, do this shit no James, more. James, what would y'all do on Buster Week? Exactly, that sounds crazy. We had a crew of five. 
me, Big Al, Lil G. Uh, That's like Danny. the seals. Yeah, and, and what we do is walk through the hood. It might be Friday or Saturday, and we might see the homie over there standing over there selling his little rocks or whatever. You got him, Big Al, or you want me to check him? No, get him. Let's see, get him. And Ziggy go over there, nigga, you a bitch, nigga, and woo woo. Start whooping his ass. If nigga getting the best of Zeke, we jump in and beat the shit out of him. Get the fuck out the hood. So a nigga wouldn't go win no way now. No, you lost already. How did you how did you come up? Yeah, how did you how did you how did you like that's like Shinder's list? We all sitting at the house, at my house, and I just said one day, man, you see how big Al can? Niggas a bitch. The other homie say, let's go whoop his ass. And that's how it started. That's so a dictator. He, he, well, let me he ask you this. Yeah. himself in the situation. <laughs> let me ask you this scenario. Let's say y'all would have went over there to Big Al, and the first one that ran up on him got knocked out, and he was just serving niggas. Would y'all have gave him some respect and gave him a pass, and would he have been No, he hard? said, he, he just said, said they all, all went over there and knocked his head off. That's what I'm saying, so he yeah. didn't get no love at all. No. We had already Even though Big declared that he no. needs They already to be decided before the they went over there. Exactly. You can't win with no shit like that. That's the majority yeah, that's of everything they called themselves Killer Rob or Killer Duba or whatever, and I shouldn't have said them names, but fuck it. You ain't never killed shit a day in your life. Stop acting like that. And, you know, <laughs> just say, for instance, my brother-in-law. My nigga James don't give a fuck. No, he you understand know, me? You know, this is why I told you to get this nigga listen, on the podcast. Motherfuckers come to the, the neighborhood first and, and motherfuckers act like they this and that. Okay, we're going to put you to the test on that, just like going to jail. If you ever been in the module, where, in the blood module or whatever, you got tested. You're going to have some type of activity. You know what I'm saying? If you can't handle it, you got to get the fuck out of here. Or you're going to be sitting in the cell and ain't eight in three days because they're going to make you stay in the cell after your shit, your swelling go down. So nobody gets you. <laughs> yeah, so it's just certain things you had to do. If you wouldn't with it, you wouldn't with it. So, so now back to the they got to wait a minute until they punking here, go down yeah, and all that yeah. shit in their front so, so back to the list. What if somebody just didn't like that person and put that person on? He can't just be a mark. Like, what he, he don't he have to do some mark activities or something? Or you just didn't like him. We like, looked at motherfuckers head. that just so dope in the hood and didn't do shit. We looked at motherfuckers that when we was fighting, where the fuck this motherfucker go when the dust clear? Oh, uh, you you fucked up. So that week, we got that ass. So we had a crew of the we all if everybody kicking it, we know everybody is with it. If we get into it at the parade, we know ain't nobody running. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the weenie niggas didn't hang out with us because they knew if, if, if James got drunk, he finna trip on somebody. You know what I'm saying? And everybody in Compton know, if that motherfucker start drinking, get the fuck on. Yeah, that's, that's you everybody know, what I'm saying? know that too. Yeah, so that's, that's how it was. And I didn't need the big L's and everybody else to come because I felt a certain kind of way. Like the first time I got shot, I didn't see nothing but backs. I didn't see motherfuckers trying to pick me the fuck up and come on, homie, you know, just left a trying to carry me. Asses and elbows. That's it. Gone. So, and this was 1980. So this, so this is kind of what changed your. Now whole I'm mindset. in that age, and I'm, I'm disrespecting. I try my best to be disrespectful sure. to people. I have to be disrespectful because you left me for dead. Has anybody you ever met, like from out, around your way, when you was in that time, somebody you thought was a sucker, and then they end up being something special? Oh yeah, a whole bunch of them. <laughs> a whole bunch of them. 
it's, it's a lot of cats that's just quiet. And, you know, they just in the hood like hen dog, rest in peace. You know, he was real quiet, but he had that Chicago mentality. He didn't talk. And when it was time for business, he just handled business. And when I first seen his get down, I was like, God damn, I moved a nigga in the house. You living with us, my nigga. <laughs> Wait, you at you with us. Yeah, so That's I mean cold. it just it all That's depends on though. the people and the homies that you fuck with. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end of the day, some of them are more dangerous than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like what we had on death row. You know, you had a you had nothing but pet bulls. Nothing but killers on the team. So at the end of the day, when it's time to eat, that motherfucker gonna do what he gotta do to eat. You know what I'm saying? And then we find out we wind up killing each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that's that's what happens when you get people like that in the same circle. You know what I'm saying? But we used to didn't do that. Well, y'all grew up with each other. It was a different love. We grew up, we grew Money. up with each other. Motherfuckers used to sleep at my house seven days a week. And at the end of the day, the same motherfucker that shit showered and shaved at my house pulled the trigger on my brother. That's crazy. Not shot him one time, but seven, ten times. Come on, man. That if, if I shot you more than three times, I must That's have hated your punk yeah. ass if I shot you that many times. It was just, I'm on some fucking. You feel me? And these guys live with us. That's crazy. Um. When I used to, um, yeah, I used crazy, to always crazy. feel like the people like that was from the hood that wouldn't go do nothing that was making money. I felt like we should have imposed like a tariff on. Like I don't feel like running them off always was the smartest thing. I would argue with my older homie and I'd be like, we should make them pay. Like they, they, they money earners. So I feel like, yeah, because everybody got to contribute. My mentality became everybody got to contribute. So if so, you're not, you not a soldier, glasses at one time, you from the hood. Yeah. You started your shit. Yeah. Y'all got earn, like you said, y'all got earners. They wasn't taxed. Were you ta were you were you approached in that sense? Nah, because I was contributing in every way. Okay. At that point, like I was already. So why you don't look at it like this? If it's 50 of y'all, you know 20, at least 20 gonna run. Why get rid of that 20 and fight? straight 30 that you know is solid ain't going nowhere. Get rid of that 20 because that 20 is a waste of time because I'm going to try to help one of them motherfuckers that's running lose my concentration and now I done got got because I'm well, trying I, to help a motherfucker I, ain't with it. I definitely don't think that person should be like in the activities. Well, why, why take his money? Fuck the money. Well, I mean, you want solid motherfuckers. You don't want a gang of motherfuckers. A, a lot great, of motherfuckers look with people that that they think because of numbers, we got this. They think because it's nine niggas and five of us got guns, we can't get hurt. Well, but, shit, I done seen niggas die with guns. But you don't think even with all of this stuff, like it made sense to have like a certain level of economics because it is everyday responsibilities versus a person like, like I got certain homies, right? And I know you, you know just this kind of person. They don't know how to hustle. All they know how to do is get busy. Right. But I could, we could, and what I was telling Pluck, I could, we could be making that person pay for this person's livelihood. Because this person, the one thing he know how to do really good is make a ton of money. He might don't know how to do everything else, but he could be paying this person's livelihood. Like the military we got in the country. Like maybe these people don't know how to earn, but they know how to go handle business when it's time to handle business. Well, in the 80s, 
Niggas wasn't thinking like that. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, niggas yeah, wasn't on that page. Everybody yeah, no. was four seven because it wasn't no money like that. It yeah. wasn't like that. Today, it's totally different than when when we started off, early '80s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it was like that, then everybody. So you was, had you was money. before the crack, though. So you was before oh, all yeah, that really happened. Cocaine came. Yeah, we was. So you watched that happen. We was putting marijuana in the motherfucking microwave and hooking it up and rolling dollar joints and going to school with the motherfucker and selling dollar joints. So you actually seen when everything changed. Yeah, yeah. So All you the, watched the guns change. When the, I, I went from getting shot with 38s to getting shot with four fives. So Ooh, it was a big difference. That's a big difference. And that's when you look at your motherfucking little 25 and say, fuck this yeah, motherfucker. You, you get that away and go that, get you something bigger. That 84, 85 that transition, work. man. You seen that too. Man, that 84, 85 track, it was vicious. So the guns just went from like regulars to like it was a time spurt, man. You didn't have a day in Compton where niggas wasn't getting hit. I remember that. And it all depends on certain neighborhoods have motherfuckers that made money and put put the put the right guns gun. in there. But hood. that's but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, when the check, see, I get what you said. In your time, like y'all was titans. So yeah. literally, it was just all power establishment of and who then physically it was all, strong. It was all about walking the hood and protecting the hood. So you might have. 20 motherfuckers walking, but you got nine 38s. You know what I'm saying? And you had two motherfuckers walking yeah, in front all, and two walking in the back. But then you had fought. the crowd, you know what I'm saying? So motherfuckers were strategic, but we just didn't have it like that to just get up and we wouldn't go into everybody hood yeah. and participate. Had, especially when y'all from y'all, and especially y'all, y'all had a lot to cover. Yeah, it's a, a lot, to, lot cover. to cover. Let's pay some bills real quick and check in with our sponsors. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is gonna make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., 
only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Where are you at? This is OG Gangster Granny, and the Gangster Chronicles podcast is back in effect. Get ready for some of that G shit and blaze up some watermelon. Hey, you remember the first time when you seen like a like a K? Like, so this is this had to be right before you start. Like, you became professional as an MC. Yeah, this I is like right before I that. Became professional. I was still trying. I was in the neighborhood. Still, yeah, everybody right? say that. Everybody talk about you had a tray. You yeah. was on Crenshaw. Yeah, I, I was, I didn't give a fuck. See, that was one thing about me. Uh, it, the neighborhood was everything, to, even with rapping. I wanted to be more proven from Trag New than anything. So I didn't give a fuck about the videos and all that shit. Like you said, nigga, I was low riding every Saturday in the hood, fucking on, up and down Crenshaw with just neighborhood niggas, hanging with the 111s, hanging with, you know, just... Just the continent. It was just, it was because the fame shit was bullshit to me. You get me? Like I said, I was a nigga who grew up in the era of the hood was everything. Like, I ain't had no fucking role models, you know? No father in the house, single moms. Moms going to work from 11 at night to 7 in the morning, and I'm 13, 14. Everything about it was the, 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 the fascination, the brotherhood. So that was it. And once I became that, I didn't give a fuck about nothing else. Like so the, so niggas had to tell me to stop coming to the hood. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Because you wasn't you weren't taking advantage of your chances. Fuck. I didn't give a damn. And when niggas start saying, man, don't come over here no more. Don't come over here no more. Man, don't. You ain't finna throw away I always say that it's a confusion, like when people hear about gang banging, like they don't realize it's people that really raise you or you grew up with. So people really care genuinely about your interests if it don't benefit them. There was a few homies from the hood. It was like, man, maybe you need to, you know, because it's it's bigger than this shit now. That's a big homie. If they see you going the wrong way and they know you got talent or you good or something, and they they tell you to stay the fuck away from the hood, that's somebody give a fuck about the homie. You know what I'm saying? You don't got that every day. You don't get that every day today. No. Motherfuckers say, come on, little homie. You know what I'm saying? A lot of shit just tore, tore the process up. When crack came, my big homies got on drugs. Well, they didn't know. So the first thing, no, they didn't know. But the first thing that happens is you start disrespecting Mm -hmm. the big homies because they fucked up. And then they going to prison and then coming home from prison, they're back on drugs. But no, you can go to prison and get swole all day. I didn't respect that Um, because 
you get you got different type of gang members. You know what I'm saying? You got some motherfuckers that want to just hang in the hood. You got some niggas that just want to be a part of the hood because they feel protected. Then you got those motherfuckers that's really with the business, and you got them motherfuckers that'll wear that bandana, but you ain't gonna wear it outside of the hood. You got a different variety of niggas out there. So you got to deal with all different kind of shit. Now here's motherfuckers that's teaching me that, nigga, if you're going to be from the hood, this is what you got to do. You ain't never told me that one day watch out for me. <laughs> yeah, they don't you. Tell know you know what that. I'm saying? Yeah. So just growing up, you got to learn. You know what I'm saying? What you see, everything you see, and how you move. What I, what I realize more than anything, sometimes like listening to your music or listening when y'all doing the podcast, Y'all era was the first ones that seen crack and didn't know what it was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the power of it. Like, versus my era where we seen it and we watched certain older homies, it was just, you can see it just devastating. Man, we had so much dope in the hood. I was giving away big-ass rocks like this. Big-ass rocks for quarter $40. Piece. It's a quarter piece. Quarter piece. <laughs> rocks. But we sold so you much goddamn dope. We, everybody bought a car. Everybody bought a damn quarter piece. But didn't know. Double up for $40. And, 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 and motherfuckers today that got that from us made it happen. Them niggas got money. But I didn't know what to shit, and I was just getting rid of the shit. Man, we had so much goddamn cocaine. We was doing the shit in my, in my garage. Blue was blowing jars, uh, mine-ass jars up. Just figuring it out. Cocaine all on the motherfucking uh, paneling in the garage. And niggas was scraping it off, rolling primos and shit. And I'm <laughs> like, what the fuck is they doing? That's crazy. But back then, in 80, 81, that's how niggas was getting down. Well, well you know, when I saw the exchange, man, it, it, it was like little subtle shit. Like, you know, you would hear the clays, and I'm like, pop, 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 be in there. Mm -hmm. That shit turned to... Yeah. It was like getting chased by one of them motherfuckers. Where are you at? This is OG Gangster Granny, and the Gangster Chronicles podcast is back in effect. Get ready for some of that G shit and blaze up some watermelon. When was the first time you saw somebody either, like, one of your partners or somebody that y'all had issues with with an AK? What year what the fuck was that? Lord, that, was... that had to be some shit. 85? You remember? Yeah, Did you know 86. what it was? About yeah, 80, hell yeah. About 86. Just, just the sound of the motherfucker. It wasn't a 38. <laughs> and, and, and motherfuckers was running trying to get the fuck out of the way. Whatever is Ooh, knocking the paint shit. off these motherfucking oh, and, and fucking these cars got Hit the cars rushing. I won't be nowhere in front of that motherfucker. Bullets going right oh, through and shit like it ain't nothing, man. You know, man, that ain't no motherfucking 22. Look. <laughs> so this is crazy. I'm being chill. We're talking about chill got on, but that's crazy. Who hood had enough money to have too many of them? Where you knew, like, they got too much shit right now. Santana's. They had, had the ballers in our neighborhood. Santana's yeah, yeah, had did. too motherfucking, too much, too much artillery. It's just like going to somebody's neighborhood and they shoot you out the motherfucker. What the fuck did we get ourselves into? I mean, shit like that. they had money when I was going up. They used to have a little spot on Santa Fe. On it, it ain't there. Yep. So I knew they had, but that's, that's my point of when I was noticing earners. Yeah. Right. Like they wasn't necessarily like you didn't hear their name like you were Huncho or Mob Giants or right. Delta, but you heard the ones that was getting money, yeah. like a Fink or certain people, and you noticed them hoods would be having all these crazy guns. 
That had to just be crazy to they was go from getting shit. shot at with a 22 to 8. They was buying exactly. shit from somewhere else. They weren't buying their guns. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. Though. Were, were there like some crews who really were would get their money and they wanted cars and, and you knew the culture of that team was they wanted cars and jewelry. Other guys were like, no, we're going to reinvest and we're going to go really it's, just get a in, lot of stuff. In stress. the 80s, it wasn't no reinvesting. Everybody no. went for the jewelry, the yeah. cars, the gold. bunch of poor people. The bam. Yeah. Now, you knew who but the gangsters were. Because the gangsters was getting khakis and khaki suits, yeah. and bam, the ones that wasn't with it was getting the, uh, the corduroy suit. pants, the fila, what's shit, the name man. of that, that goddamn jacket? I hated niggas that wore that. Members only. Members only. Members only. Fila suits. And you came in the room with a members only jacket on, I knew you were shit. Get the fuck out of here. What's up with the alligator? Oh, lacrosse. Lacrosse. Take that shit off. Get the fuck out of here. But look, right now in the day, you got gang members with red and burgundy and gray hair. You got niggas wearing straight jeans with 13 oh, zippers on their The code is definitely different My whole thing nowadays. is get the fuck out of here. That's that's, that's not, not how it. you identify. Yeah, I agree. It's and, a uniform. And being an alternate from my neighborhood, you had to identify to let a motherfucker know you with it. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you out there doing your thing. If a motherfucker didn't understand where you was from and what you is, they're gonna approach you in a fucked up, a totally oh, yeah, fucked got, up got, way. So you had to. I trust me, plug and moon that dress yeah. code was important. But more than anything, they you got to do shit to people so you don't have to do shit to people or people don't do shit to you. Because if they think they can, they will for sure. I think I think dress code was simplified. After man. you put yourself out there and you don't give a fuck what you're doing and how you getting down, that that one incident goes from here to everywhere. So when motherfuckers find out and figure out, because they didn't know the face, they knew the name. Yeah, that's true. And when the shit happens, motherfuckers get to speak. I had so many motherfuckers come at me and ask me, did I know whoop the whoop, Mob James, that's my cousin. And I'm looking at this motherfucker like, that's your cousin, for real? You're like a rapper, dog. You just like nigga, on for this street shit. Niggas lying like a motherfucker. Just lying to you. But you had it just so a nigga can get himself out of trouble. If you, if you name somebody that got a name, Nine times out of ten, you're going to get a pass. So what I realized, too, is y'all generation is the first generation with nicknames. No, it ain't. No? The homies before me and the homies before them. Everybody have a nickname. Niggas ain't walking around here. Hey, what's up, Charles Dutton? So on the west side, that's what they was doing. <laughs> they be no. for sure. They be saying real. I know all a lot of them, got, got them government names from gangbangers. That was their thing. My uncle them had gang names. Had, had names. I was this tall. I was a little That's boy. Crazy. So, no, it, it all depends, so man. And some motherfuckers, if you had a catchy <laughs> name, like like Tookie, you know, everybody knew Tookie, but Tookie. You know yeah, what I'm his saying? His name was good brand. Yeah, so you you branded. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's totally different from today. Today, there's no respect, no loyalty, no nothing. Well, well, what changed also is, and I watch it happen because, like, I'm closer to it every day, is all my homeboys, I grew up with them. Now people are able to drive into somebody's neighborhood mm -hmm. and like be a part of the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. It's like strangers, it's a bunch of strangers together. And that was something I noticed like on the West side they had to deal with because the, the, the territories were so big when you crossed the 110 right. versus on our side of the 110, you kind of had to grow up with everybody. Exactly. Y'all right. went to, we all went to close, Walden. Close knit. We all went like to Walden. Like we was in Compton, exactly. it was kind of close knit. Yeah, we all went to Walden or everybody went to Bunch. Everybody went, we all knew each other. But that really don't mean shit. 
You got motherfuckers out here don't give a fuck about the next brother or the next motherfucker or whatever. And he might be the one that killed you. Now, when the crack came, we had homies that did make it and make a lot of money. We had homies got killed by the homies just to get his bag instead of getting it himself. And he couldn't make it as a drug dealer. Took a homie life. So, I mean, it, the game is just so fucked up. Cocaine came in and fucked up everything. I'm it's always money. It's always money, though. Money. Money fucked Capitalism. Everything is money. Took it every, to a different Niggas level, went from banging, just, nigga, we banging, niggas yeah. making a little bread to shit. I'm, when, nigga, when the crack came and the keys came and it's shit. It's like still. Just, it's huh. like New Jack City. Remember bro. how the movie started? They was like, yeah, we all we got. It was just yeah, that's the cat money, brother. We all we got. As soon as Nino got some money, he started telling. Nino got some girl, he killed his partner. Me and this nigga right here, me and Fonby, we had a whole block. We had from Anaheim and Anaheim. What you mean you had a whole block, nigga? What was you doing? (laughs) What was you doing? No, no, I'm trying to call Fonby. Hey, you see me? Hold up. Hold up, nigga. What was you doing on that block? Fonby. Shout out to the OG on me, Fonby. I'm not asking you for receipts. That's not what I'm asking. What was you? Hold up, Fonby. Hold up. What was you doing on them blocks? I was selling crack like a motherfucker. <laughs> you sold crack? I was getting oh, my money. Yeah, For real? Crack, yeah. I was selling crack yeah, like a motherfucker. That's in Cleveland, right? Fami, you ruined this man's life, Fami. Still, still, that was in Cleveland? That was in Long Beach? What happened was, what happened was, when I came out here from Well, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. How you didn't end up becoming a gangbang? Fami, why you didn't court him on? Oh, big steal for me, say. Big steal for me, Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Let me see you throw it up right now. Throw up and say one time. Did you know how they throw it up? You ain't gonna block it a letterman jacket? I ain't never claimed nobody. Hold up, hold up. Did they used to claim you? No, I wasn't. We was getting money. Was, was you, when you was in, if somebody be like, man, you know your homie still, you'd be like, yeah? yeah. Oh, you from insane, nigga. Oh, no, no, no. For sure, you'd have been from insane, nigga. Oh, your homie is Fami? Oh, nigga, you from insane. Hold up. Hold up. He never wore, he never, he never. You never wore no Raiders gear? He never represented. Hold up, hold up. Did you ever wear Raiders clothing? No, I didn't. You never wore Raiders gear. See, I'm a, let me say something. Let me get this off. Let me get this off. Oh, that's now your baby. He from baby then. He was a, he was a baby. He was ahead of the curve. No. I know, but he's ahead of the curve. Let me get this off. Let me get my stuff off. All right. I came out with strictly intent on making some motherfucking money. I wasn't with none of that shit, and I respected the gangbanging shit too much. So you'd have been on Buster Week is what you said. I wouldn't have been on my hands. I wouldn't have been on no Buster Week. You was exploiting the hood. No, I wasn't exploiting the hood. I was getting some money. What well, you mean? That's what I'm saying. You got to put it down and get money over here. Well, the only way you can make money over there is Fami Lenny. Fami's all right. Fami just went up another notch on my bit. Man, Fami's all right. And Fami said, I'm going to show you how to get some money. He was my friend and showed me how to get some money. And the shit got bigger than we planned. And when the motherfucking police and helicopters shit start coming out, I start saying, fuck this. This shit is not for me. I left the whole zone in the corner of a building and walked the fuck back home. Oh, you left a zone? Said, Hell yeah. Oh, you done got killed for that. Like a, no, a zone? Shit. A whole zone? Oh, it was your whole zip? But see, you got to hear the story of it. 
when he saw the helicopters and the police you thought start they was coming, coming? <laughs> he let that motherfucking shit I got laid on my back. I got laid bounced. on the ground and all that Luckily, shit. Luckily, you just oh. you just left the shit there. Hey, man, and you didn't have it on. Shit there and hey, how much on. was it? How, I respect I you. I do. I do. That was a decision. You knew you wouldn't cut out for this shit. Yeah. And when you saw it was trying to go in your way out. You know what? Let me just leave this with you. He's not a compulsive gambler. He's not a compulsive gambler. He made his thousand dollars. He said twice about it. The stakes are too high, I believe. Walk away from that shit. If you ain't cut, How much was the zip back then? I walked away back then. Wait, I'm going to show you if Fonby was your real partner. How much was it? How much was Fonby charging you for the zip? Shit, back then, man, like four fifty, five hundred dollars. All right, Fonby, you all right. Okay. You fair? Okay, no, I came out. You fair? You fair? Fonby fair? The thing was, the I Now, if he'd been charged you 800 for that zone back then, I'd have been Fonby ain't shit. Yeah, that's wrong. We're talking about 30 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, for all the views and listeners. Man, 30, Ain't nobody buying crack. Everybody getting their life together now. You can't sell no crack in L.A. You come out here with crack in L.A., boy, you finna be, you only gonna be in the Hoovers with that. Just to get about 13 just to people get smoking dope still. Yeah. You gotta remember the time I came out here. I came out here in 87, right? Oh, you came right Niggas when it was, was popping. Niggas was gang banging out wow, here. Was, I didn't want no parts right of that there. shit. You was like, this ain't Niggas it. Niggas was getting shot up on PCX. Niggas was getting shot up on Myrtle, um, Alina, and all kind of shit. I didn't want no parts of that shit. He was like, shit. whatever they said, doing. Niggas getting gunned down in the alley. You know that alley that go back to um, up a mega burger on the corner? Yeah, it's an alley yeah, that go yeah, from yeah, them apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to see niggas, two or three niggas a week get laid down back in that motherfucker. Like I boys in the hood. I see smokers, a nigga serving a smoker. Next thing you know, you're pop, pop, pop. And the nigga that's well, selling them motherfuckers leaving the way. I, I respect you. you. I do too. Because you knew most it. motherfuckers don't know how to walk away. Some motherfuckers won't walk away and they be the victims. At the end of the day, you would have been a victim because somebody in the hood ain't liking what you're doing. When Fami left, your protection was gone. The niggas that, that ain't gonna fuck with you because of him, them niggas would've came and tried to rob you. You'd've mm. been a victim of circumstances and you'd've been laying there saying, I know I wouldn't cut out for this shit. No, but see, the thing was though, James, I was a different nigga back then. I could I fight like a motherfucker. I was, you ain't wanna shoot no guns, No, huh? the thing is, no, I would bust a pistol back then. I, was I mean, yeah, if, so, if somebody gonna kill you. Yeah, if somebody was fucking me, I'd've popped the, I'd've popped the nigga, but I just saw that that shit wasn't for me. Like but I respect that, that and James is right. OG is right, like this. Cause I start thinking about, think about this. I come out here to play football. What the fuck was I gonna tell Irene, my mama, I'm locked up, mama, for what? You out there playing football. Out there selling rocks. I'm out here selling rocks like a motherfucker. So, so, so <laughs> he's the rock what, man. What, what, what made you decide to stop the football path? Well, I was still playing football. He was still playing. He was selling on. rocks was and playing, playing football. I was a part-time drug dealer. That nigga okay. was Bo Jackson, the first Bo Jackson, selling dealer. rocks and yeah, you tried it. balling, balling and balling. He was getting sacks and selling sacks. What's funny is the first Bo Jackson. So let me tell you, this is crazy, right? We did this shit for about a good six, seven months. I used to feel like that, too. I used to think I wasn't. You just said fuck football? No, I was still playing football. No, he went to college. He got his whole degree. I would go out there and get my If you was only a drug dealer for six months, you were a short, short term. term. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's just like, like a nigga said, I game bang for six months. You wasn't no motherfucking game banger for six months, nigga. Yeah, that's real. What's funny is, is, I respect the game banging though. I wasn't gonna never be one of them niggas. I, I feel never, like this. I'm not from out here. I'm not about to be out here fighting over no shit I don't know nothing about. <laughs> I barely know the fuck where I'm at. How the fuck I'm gonna be fighting for some shit this way over there? Right. What's crazy is, so, this, this, I don't think we ever talked about this, but, so, I've been, I grew up in Compton and watched my whole life. My mom lived in the farms, my pops lived in, in the hood. I never thought I would be a gangbanger or a drug dealer. Well, never in my life. So, 
High school, I just started hustling, like just randomly. I don't know. My mom went to, oh, my mom went to the feds. When my mom went to the feds. And um, the opportunity came across to make some money. It was like $200. And he was like, man, if you watch this spot for, for two hours, I'll pay you $200. Just don't let, you know, Thunderbird was a smoker that used to know what he was doing. Just don't let him steal nothing. And it was $200. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this $200. So I was doing my homework in the spot. That's how the drug dealing started. The gangbanging was different. Like, it was, um, we all went to the same high school. We went to Paramount. And a couple of my homies went. And we would always get into fights over them. And I would always feel compelled to fight. Because, like, I'm not finna, we grew up together. I ain't finna let nobody jump on the homie. So a lot of times, I didn't really feel like I was cut out for it. And I realized I was really kind of cut out for it when I went to jail. That is when I was like, oh, y'all could do this. The gang banging? Yeah, I swear to God, like, my mentality was kind of different and fighting didn't mean nothing. See, I never, I never took to that well, shit. Well, you was like taught that. and showed something different. Yeah. If you, if, you, if you ain't cut out for it at the beginning, something took you there for you to realize, okay, I can fuck with the homies on this level too. Well, it, it, so it started off as simple things, right? Y'all might go to the park and play basketball and somebody finna, you know, we would all go to Mona, so... We was all from 117. We all grew up over here. So if somebody tried to jump on one of the homies, you fighting for him anyway, even you before you thought it was gangbanging. It was just like, yeah, this fight. Ron Ron. Mm-hmm. I'm finna fight for Ron Ron. Ain't nobody finna jump on Ron Ron. And then uh, when, it, when it went into gunplay, it just became more like, I don't think I was as compelled early, but the first time somebody started chasing at you, shooting at you, and then like logically you process, like if I don't shoot one of these niggas, they gonna keep fucking with me. And then at that point, you kind of start sizing it up differently. And it's like, and, See, I, and I noticed everybody though, was yeah. cheating though. But that's I'm gonna tell you, right there, though. it's true. Like you, you start realizing, you, you'll find out who, I always say you'll find out who you are when you go to jail. Right. Yeah. That's when you're gonna find out who you are. It's definitely gonna make you uh, a you gonna decide. Or, uh, yeah, it's gonna make a break. Yeah. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna make, make a break. It's that put up a shut up motherfucker. Yeah. All but, that. But you know, that's what one you thing. You're going to come on straight up with the booty. With that's the one thing. There's a lot of that in that motherfucker. I done seen motherfuckers that see them see them get carried out that motherfucker. Oh, God. Oh. I ain't lying. You doing that goddamn shell, the whole shell look like shit. Why the shit down here like that? You be like, damn, old boy just took his ass. You see motherfuckers get carried. One go to the infirmary, the other one go to the hole. That's just crazy. And, and then you they ain't think, ready to fight for it. And and a lot of motherfuckers, oh, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna fuck me. Go to prison and don't have a friend. <laughs> they they gonna gone. come get your fuck ass. And it ain't gonna come one motherfucker. It's gonna come five. I got an older homie, right? And and this nigga used to like I I finally got a hold to his ass. You know what I mean? When I got a little older, I got his ass good. But he used to kind of always feel like he was just cause he was big and he was his name was big too. About six six, four hundred pounds, could fight. God he was a shooter. He was a killer. He was cold. And um, this motherfucker man be raping motherfuckers in jail. And I think I asked him. I was like, man, that shit is gay. He like, no, I'm not gay. I'm, I'm. This is like a dis. I'm like, no, bro, you <laughs> like men. Like I just could never imagine disciplining somebody by, like, some of them guys don't look at it like that in prison. Yeah, a lot of the guys that had life figured I've never touched pussy again. So the next best thing to some pussy is that ass. I just don't. Let me, let me tell you the story. That's crazy. So I'm saying, so you just go up in the motherfucker raw? He said, no, that's why I always take these jelly packs and put them in my cell. 
He put jelly on the nigga ass. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Peanut butter and jelly, jelly? Just jelly. They come in a little packs, just spray it on your, on your toe. Oh, like, a, yeah. like, like a Denny's or whatever. About a sugar. And he, and he, and he had a, a gang some, of that shit. He gonna put some flavor And he too. said, I use jelly. He ain't use no regular petroleum no, man, jelly. Man, this is a goddamn story. All you gotta do is look him up. He had all the papers, all those. No, serious. He was a straight, my, one of my big homies. That's the car. That's he how I feel. One of my big homies. He got been in jail since What flavor was it? I don't know what flavor it was. He got stabbed trying to fuck me. So he was putting great jelly on the fucking booty. He lived on the same block as me. And, and, and Big Smiley was like, he got life in 78. Got caught with a motherfucker dead in the trunk. Had the motherfucking pinky ring, but he had the pinky ring in his pocket. The finger. Got life in prison. Wait, the ring or the whole finger? The with whole just the finger. finger. The whole finger with the ring on it. Oh, in his pocket. That's rough. He got life. A lot of motherfuckers don't understand why they build the 105. They build the yeah, 105. Keep you off Imperial. Motherfuckers going straight Imperial motherfuckers get robbed all the time. The police get, when motherfuckers get mad and talk shit to the police, they put that motherfucker in the cell with him. They go motherfucker. And he raped more homies than the law allowed. You know, I ain't saying it was cool, but some motherfuckers don't act right. He gave them act right. And they talk Ooh. about it right now today. All of you, all in the papers, the whole nine. And he just a booty bandit. But he say, I'll never touch pussy again. And never. well, why you keep them jelly bags? He got man, I put just spread that on them niggas' ass exactly. and <laughs> go up in them. So he was just a predatory <sighs> rapist. He was just a nasty bastard with flavor. I think we could just end this shit. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, hey, hey, why with, you got to say shit? With flavor. <laughs> oh man, but my nigga, Jeez. my nigga buttered his toast with flavor. Yeah, but yeah. But, but this is what I'm saying is, Woo. a lot of motherfuckers talk about they're ready to go to prison. They ain't certified he is unless they go to prison. Not ready to go to prison. They ain't ready a lot to go to cats, prison and meet no motherfucker like that. But not a lot smiley, of bro. Don't 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 make it out of prison. A lot of motherfuckers, if niggas really want to know, don't make it out to county jail. Because when they put you on that motherfucking bus to go to Chino, ain't no talking shit. You in that motherfucking cell with 900 cribs and it's like 16 bloods. If you ain't ready right then, your ass is out. They gonna take you, put you in another cell, and then they gonna might send you in a little van or something. You done got the shit beat out you already. Because they already know you're banging. And then if you ain't with it, you got to go to that yard. You got a problem. You know That's what I'm saying? Crazy. But I mean, I swear to God, you got to be ready. If you ain't ready for the real shit and what really happens in prison, a motherfucker don't give a fuck. You can be lifting weights and he come and stab your motherfucking ass. You can't say why. If That's you give crazy. a motherfucker an oyster, a can of oysters, and don't, and the nigga tell you fuck you, you better go kill that motherfucker. Poke that nigga ass if right now. If you don't, the next nigga gonna come and get two cans of oysters. Now That's let me ask y'all this. Is it like that? Because I know people go to different prisons. Is it like that? Just like, um, prison is prison. Over? I ain't never went to prison. I prison only went to the prison. county. Dewberry, is A it like that? Do Dewberry, is it like that in Dallas? 
See, you know. Hold up, Dewberry, Dewberry, come up to the mic. Oh, let me let Dewberry. He said, let he let said, is it like his and daddy? This is your conversation. We didn't really made it to Gangster Chronicles now. Oh, oh, we made it to Gangster Chronicles, nigga. Yeah. This the Gangster Chronicles now. You getting some Chronicle Gangster shit right here? This some crazy shit. No, no, no. I'm talking about still. Yeah. This niggas getting raped and shit. He said, let me get my seat up. What's funny is like I, I, we used to listen to um. All of all of all of y'all shit, right? Growing up, Dub, y'all shit, everybody, and it was always some crazy shit, like Dub talking about raping niggas with coat hangers and shit. And I'd be like, "Yeah, that just don't seem like that's gangster to like my generation." But I guess it just is another Take level. Tales from the hood, cause yeah, nigga, like rape a nigga with a coat hanger. Certain individuals levels, that you know, some motherfuckers can't do that time without. I mean, fuck jacking off. You know, that's why some motherfuckers is cool with the fifi. You know what I'm saying? You know how to make one of them? No, no. I'm jacking so, off. Niggas the OG Fifi good with bag, Vaseline and, and the socks and, and yeah, I know, I know how they make it, but I ain't fucking you know no socks. Some yeah. motherfuckers is good jacking off like yeah, that. I'm just jacking off. Some motherfuckers no real shit. The next best thing to push. I don't know. Is that, that but just... they got they got <laughs> they got men in there that's straight gay. That's with it. They but they don't know. But, but what's funny is somebody like I said, my my older homie, he he does he. I don't think he would classify himself as a homosexual. He lie. He just don't want to be honest with himself. Mm. A lot of them will tell themselves. Where do you think DL came from? Being on the download has been been going on for many, many years. Way before this 95, 2000 bullshit when DL came out. Niggas been on the download since the 70s. The 60s, probably longer than that. But motherfuckers has been fucking motherfuckers for the longest. That's crazy. You know what, Mob? I think I know down in Texas, though. See, what them niggas was doing that, them with the homies like y'all saying, them niggas was the big niggas that was really taking advantage of the little homies and all that shit. See, when the little homies start getting up and when the little homies start coming in from the streets and start seeing that shit, and them niggas start checking that shit, that's when it start becoming, hey, man, nigga, you a punk, nigga. Right. Say, mm -hmm. man, you, you, a, you a whole ass, you, you know. Yeah. That's when those conversations came out. See, that's why I say at first it wasn't like that. See, at first, them niggas used to do whole shit. It just took some little homies out the hood that came up in that bitch with like, nigga, you, you want some gay shit, nigga. So when that shit started happening, get what? Then that shit started changing. Now, what, how much time you do 17? No, I did 18. 18. God damn, you walked off 18? Yeah, I did 18 in that bitch. Boy, you know nigga man? cold, boy. Yeah, so you know, so that's how it was. Cause, you know, I was one of them niggas that came in in an era where- oh, So you yeah, watched the change too? I watched the change, cause I went in in 92. So gang, so gang banging was, well, see, now, Dallas in 92? The banging was like, nigga, nigga 92, the banging had just hit that up. Yeah. That bitch had just hit, right? Versus when you came home. Yeah. See, 92, that bitch had just hit. So it was like, okay, this was happening. See, it was crib on crib down up. I mean, it, was, it was always like I never knew. I never, I never knew nothing else anyway. Yeah, because yeah, I, I was going, I, I was going to Dallas. I, I never, ninety three. Yeah, I never seen the game bang yeah. where it wasn't and just Crip versus Crips. I don't even know what that is. Nigga, do you know how many niggas I had to knock out behind MC eight? And I ain't even know this nigga. That's crazy. I mean, hey, I mean, I mean this is some real shit because I'm sitting here with the homie right now, right? Man, nigga, I never jammed DJ Quick. Oh, oh I see I why. Shit, right? I see why. Right. It was his ass to go. <laughs> <Listen, bro. laughs> you missed out though. No, 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 check out. He but I see. But no. Time. But no. But I see why though. A lot because of if you from somewhere else, 
A lot of dudes, though, I uh, never felt like out I, of town. Yeah, took sides. They took sides. What's funny is even with the West Coast, East Coast shit, OG, with the East Coast, West Coast shit, OG, I don't think we ever gave a fuck. Right. We played everybody's shit. When Quick no, and Eight, no. nobody stopped listening to nobody's shit. No. It was no. just this or that was hard or this the hard next exactly. nigga shit. That way. Some, when I listen to niggas like, where, where uh, where's uh, fucking uh, Doggy? Doggy and them took that shit serious. <laughs> them niggas was like, yeah, this is the East Coast. I'm like, oh, we ain't nobody taking that shit serious. Nigga, ain't nobody care about no motherfucking rap beefs. People really felt that that's how it was, and they chose sides. Yeah, a lot of We never did. was compelled to choose between Quick or Eight. No. We was never compared to choose between Biggie and Pop. I was. Oh, yeah, but you in the middle of it. I had to ride with Quick. Yeah, yeah. But you I in the middle of it. And, I, and then at that time, I'm in the 77 Cadillac, and I used to have to have my bumper kit. <laughs> and I, I was DJ Quick all day. So, because we fucked with each other. Our hoods and everything, everybody was together. So when him and Eight Beef came, fuck it, I got to bump quick. And I don't listen to rap, yeah. but I only bumped it in certain places. I didn't sit in the hood and bump DJ Quick. I bumped Odie's. Yeah, no, you're going to bump the shit where you're going to aggravate somebody. But when somebody. they was going at it, I was like, oh, shit, this is You chose shit. the side. <laughs> and, and I already knew when, when Death Row came and, and it was against New York, oh, shit, let them niggas come out of here then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had to take sides. I ain't lying. Yeah. I'm, I'm with the homies. Because if, you know, motherfuckers don't get it. If I see, and, and, it, and I done went yeah. back for bloods, I didn't even sure. know. If I see that red rag swinging and banging, we pulled over and got out and had to get down. What was it? And that's how I met a lot of the homies. You know what I'm saying? Some motherfuckers that keep driving. Oh, he getting his ass whooped. No, if you banging the rag, rock with the rag. You feel me? Exactly. And that's how I rolled with Quick. You remember the first time you heard Dollars and Cents, OG? Mm-hmm. Where did you at? But you banned the motherfucker. Actually, I wasn't. I mean. Where was you at? I don't know where I was like, at. How did, like, who brought it to you? Probably in the neighborhood, because um, I was still going to the hood at the time. Um, at the car wash, probably at the car wash on Compton Boulevard in Palmer did, Block. Did that ever really, I don't, see now, I remember being around the city at that time, but way too young. It never really leaked to the streets like that though, right? Shit. Niggas be talking about movies? Nah, we had, we had, oh, we did. had serious, oh, yeah. I was we had up. serious gang beef behind that, that, that episode. Wow. Like, like niggas had like, the homies, like, like, it was some real drag down ass, fist fights, all that type of shit. Like, that was a serious beef as far as gang banging was concerned. And so, um, it was a lot of casualties behind that. Absolutely. Because niggas was still in the streets. I think if it wasn't for the fact of that, if it was just on some rap shit, it would have been different, but because niggas was actively claiming shit. treetop and trag new and that type of shit, and then like I say, niggas felt like they just I, it them. was it, it was it was beyond us because of our affiliation to neighborhoods. So now you got the homies who are feeling disrespected because of what is going on. So now that beef is jumping off. It ain't even got to be me and him around nowhere. Yeah, exactly. It could be two homies from here and three homies from neighborhood, and they gonna get out because it's, it was just happening at the time. That's so crazy. 
I'm going yeah. to tell y'all. When I saw, what was that, Minister Society? Mm -hmm. When you woke up and, and dumped on over boy mm -hmm. now, I was mad as a motherfucker. Because I knew. <laughs> I swear to God, I was not Why was you mad at AWACS? No, I wasn't mad at AWACS. I said AWACS, the character. Look, I'm looking because I knew it was a blood on the ground, and he walked up on me. What's funny? I never got that from Minister Society. I got the chair shit up. I got. I threw the. I threw my bottle, my my party off the motherfucking table. Motherfucker! I never got that from Minister Society. Some prejudice, motherfucker. I thought it seemed like they stayed. It seemed like they stayed away from. Cripping and blood to me. No, that's what it was. Did they, you feel they, like that? They, 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 didn't, they didn't mention it, but that was the direction because they had on you, burgundy. Exactly. Oh, they did. If you were a gang member, you knew exactly what the like fuck happened. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year? Their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. He took off and killed the motherfucker. We were having I mean, up. shit. I mean, if you look, looked at it, our hood was the Jordan Downs. Even though they didn't clarify Play, that yeah, we yeah, were yeah, yeah. did it, though. Yeah. But when he stood, oh, it was, yeah. our hood was the Jordan Downs. So they never yeah. gave anything. They didn't give names to it because they knew how much funk that shit would bring here in right. LA. If you notice, same thing with Western Hood. Just yeah, like they, yeah, they, yeah, didn't, yeah. they didn't go, we're Crippin' or we're from this hood or we're yeah. that hood. 
they go, okay, y'all put on some burgundy sweatshirts, eight in them, you put on a blue Pendleton, and you wear the blue A's hat or whatever. But they didn't want to clarify it like that because they probably would have caught flack a lot from, of from all kind of motherfuckers in the city. Yeah. And we probably wouldn't have been able to show the movie. Yeah, oh, y'all yeah. talking about the 60s or the yeah. Grape Streets, or y'all talking sure. about- the So you just had to make it as open as possible. Exactly. If you, was from, if you was from LA, you knew. Right. That's it. Like and I, I said, knew. They showed, they showed us. I, I knew. I knew exactly what happened. Like a motherfucker. Motherfucker. I get up here and, and act that shit out. Did you feel like that with Boys in the Hood when Ice Cube got him at the end? Boys. No, not like this one. No, no. Oh, that was that just was too personal. close. Nah. That was personal. Nah. Say, Glass, you know like, the shit was heat. This is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The movie was no, live. Shit. The I know you was. I know you was. I know you was. The movie was live. The movie was live. But nigga, I mean, damn, where we was at, we didn't get crunk until A did that. Yeah, Boys in the Hood wow. wasn't. We didn't get Boys in the Hood like wasn't. You know, it wasn't minister society, and after and for the fact that we had the little beef going on, it just made that just like, just like, cause niggas was active. That's why. Right. Hey, wax and dope. Nobody, boy. nobody That's associated. Crazy. Even though Cube was Cube, sure. nobody associated Cube as like, oh, Cube from motherfucking soul. Yeah, yeah. Soul. Not right. at that. Nigga, yeah. we, we was banging. Yeah. You get yeah. me? So. When niggas saw that, like James, like, I mean, fuck like, oh, that that's shit. Up. Because them niggas was banging. Like, so, they was real doing, they was really doing the shit. So if there was ever, like, I, I want, and we talk, you know what I mean? If there was ever a death row movie. It'd be a whole bunch of niggas dead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even ask me that question. It'd be a whole bunch of motherfuckers dead. Which scene would you, which scene would you feel like they would have to leave out? All of it. The, the whole movie? Shit. Shit. The, the whole movie? None oh, of that man. shit. I, I can't lie to you. It had to be of, fun. It of, had to be fun initially when y'all first was trying to start it. Well, whooping motherfuckers' ass <laughs> is the fun part. <laughs> Jack, don't, now, when crazy. you get to the fucking killing motherfuckers and, and just really on gunplay back and forth, that's the shit you, you, you can't talk about it. You can't put it out there. But some of that shit was, okay, I, that's cool. Fuck it, he deserved it. You know what I'm saying? But some the mo the majority of that shit is like, fuck no, too graphic. James, do you think if shit never went sideways, do you think Death Row could have been a power entity as I far think as Death music Row and would have been very powerful because when Shug came and got me, I didn't I didn't want Shug to take pictures, I didn't want Shug to do this. And when Death Row launched and when y'all ever see that the first the first show that Death Row did, Suge had on the green suit. He never wore red. He didn't wear red. Yeah, like I, rem that. I remember early on. So then when I when I got all the homies together and we did the Budweiser Superfest, and he felt the power of the homies pushing that crowd behind the stage, Suge was sitting like this and went like this. Power corrupts. Everybody ain't meant to have power like that. Power though. corrupts, man. He didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. He didn't know how to control this cat and that cat, the homies in general. So he had to incorporate the police to, so to, to have somebody to to have some kind of to keep leverage. that ass off that ass. You feel yeah, me? Yeah. And and now he felt that okay, I got the police and I got the homies. When you when you first noticed it, was there somebody who really saw what you saw? Because I remember when you was telling well, me, you was like, home? yeah, you was like, man, he kind of losing, he he losing control a little bit. Or, or he was in the wrong direction. I saw it at the beginning. But who who was the person that kind of saw with you? 
It's always one person. No. They just all thought you the were homies, The homies was getting mad at me because I was on Sugar Gas so much. And we, the first premiere we did, uh, DLC. We all in the limo with tuxedos on and shit, right? Mm. So just imagine a gang of motherfuckers rolling like this. DLC gets in the limo and start doing 90 up a motherfucking alley. So the homie wanted to shoot him in the back of the head. No, 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 no. So when the nigga pulled back up in front of the motherfucker, you got the cameras and all this shit, and I hope you hear it, sucker. He pulls back up, the homie want to get him. I said, no, nah, this shit, we, we doing our thing. Because it just started. So when we get out the car, I walked to DOC and I asked him, why the fuck did you do that? Now he thinking he that motherfucker because of Shug. So you ain't that motherfucker in front of Shug, nigga, you could have killed us. So I knocked him and slid him down the limo, right? Here comes Shug. Who hit Doc? I hit him, nigga. Okay, what you do? What you do wrong? You know, he was alcoholic at the time. So right after that, Shug knew who to fuck with, who not to fuck with, and who he didn't want to fuck with because he can't so control it. So at that point, he starts separating. Yeah, you can't control it. So now he's just putting on all this red and doing all of this. He's doing that because nobody can touch him. If he looked at you and somebody looked and said, I did a fuck you finger or made it look like a fuck you finger, that motherfucker got knocked out. Yeah. Niggas was getting a bonus check just how many niggas you can knock out in one night. So if it's one particular event that made you feel like that was going to go wrong, what was the one, the first one you was like, this ain't going to go right? In New York. When they booed him. In New York, we was in Oh, New no, York. when he got on the stage. No, we, no, not when he did that. Oh. It was before that. We're in New York, and a bunch of motherfuckers was, didn't like Suge and was got to like saying fuck him and all this. I'm like, oh, shit. But we out here with no pistols and yeah. shit. I'm like, okay, how are we going to do this one? The next, the, the next motherfucking day, we go to the little mall. I buy me a knife, right? So we go back. <laughs> now, these yeah, motherfuckers, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Just it. hold up. Nigga, you bought a knife from the mall? Yeah. Out of all the shit you could buy in the mall, you just got a knife. I, I needed a knife. So <laughs> we had to be ready, though, because we somewhere we ain't supposed to be. Yeah. And you can't go in the So that you, don't know, you don't know why they was mad? It was just... They just didn't like Suge, just like in Las Vegas. Niggas didn't like Suge. But Vegas, we can get in our car and roll with our pistols. We was good. Like 662. We was good at 662. When, when certain individuals talking about coming to 662, we had homies posted. The only reason they didn't get out the car is because of the police that was there because of 662. All right, so New York. Now back to New York. So. Okay, so after that, these motherfuckers, my homeboy, Showboat, rest in peace. Motherfuckers in the crowd start throwing shit. My homie, Showboat, start climbing the motherfucking stairs. The motherfucker that threw whatever, this drink or whatever, my homie, Showboat, went up there, picked his ass up, put him on the shoulder, and when he got close down to the witch call him, he dropped the motherfucker. Now here come all the police. The police ready to take us to jail. Well, ready to take Showboat to jail. Cause I was standing like this. I didn't throw the motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't throw that nigga down there. <laughs> but we we had some heated times, man. But that one, that one thing in New York, you knew it was kind of. I knew it was, it was gonna be on. Every situation we was in, I knew it was finna go bad. Cause we had a purpose of being there. We knew we, what we was coming for. So in other words, he brought y'all when he knew it was gonna be some shit. He didn't have a choice. He didn't do nothing by himself. Damn. We was the muscle, we was the heat. And when somebody needed their ass kicked, we came and did it. 
He had it. He had it. I was just telling them we had a fight with the Rams. Football. Team. I remember this story. Fucking with this. Yeah, I heard about this story. And Shulgin and the dude on the Rams team was fucking the same chick. So we we had Roxbury or whatever that shit on Sunset, mm. and we chilling. And next thing we hear, Shug telling everybody to come outside. So when I come outside, he's like these motherfuckers tripping. I'm looking. These the motherfucking motherfuckers ramps. The nigga here on his shoulder and shit. <laughs> big. So he a big motherfucker. So I'm looking like, goddamn. This nigga that got us in too. You picked this motherfucker to fight? So all the homies out there, and once the nigga start talking crazy, my little brother Bunchy took off. Then George took off. So when they take off, we just start now beating the shit the out them big old niggas. Niggas couldn't fight at and all. And people was out there clapping. Y'all little motherfuckers whooped their ass. And <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. You just had to be ready. Mm. Fucking with shit, you yeah, had sure. to be ready. It was just always like some it's shit time. over a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever did, you, did you ever ready. get some money what he made? No, I never did anything with Sugar now. Never not never. on soundtrack, never. nothing. No. I mean we had a few conversations, but uh, I'm sure he had to eventually come like, we need to do something because he was sent, he was smart enough to sign everything. Death Row around was taking shit. Yeah, I I was on a whole different path. My career, I never clicked up with anybody. I kind of was on my own path you the, my good. whole career. You know, I didn't click up with Easy and them or Dre and them or, you know, I just kind of stayed to myself because I felt we had a different story to tell being from Compton and everybody was doing their thing. But since we were still, you know, actively trying to gang bang and we were seeing a lot of shit in the neighborhood, I felt that we was just on a different path. So I never tried to click up with anybody. I just said, fuck it, we gonna do what we do. Was there ever an opportunity you feel like you missed out that you was like, damn, I, I, I wish how, I wish I would explore and see how that went? No, not really. That's dope. I, I, not really, my nigga. You That's feel dope. me? Um, certain motherfuckers are put in your path to do certain shit. And I always wonder what would MCA, what, what Contra's Most Wanted and Dr. Dre would have sounded like. Yeah, I've never crossed paths with niggas like that. I mean, I've been, I've gotten the respect. Like, sure, you know Dre, yeah, yeah. we see Dre, yeah. me and Dre laugh, hang out, shake hands, whatever. Which I never but just actually made I was never one of them niggas who like, man, man, can I fuck with you or whatever. I always just felt like if niggas want to fuck with a man, nigga, then they holler at me. If yeah. not, man, we keep it fucking moving. Man, and, and that was the motto I did. You don't wait around on a handout or you don't wait on a nigga, fuck it. Like... No disrespect, I'm cool with you, but man, I got shit to do. Yeah. I can't be waiting around on a nigga, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Certain niggas you ask to get down sometimes, and a nigga tell you, hey man, yeah man, holler at me, whoopty whoop, and next thing you know, you waiting six months for a nigga to get with you. Right. I just learned to be like, man, just keep it moving. And don't have no ill will or disrespect yeah. or whatever, ain't personal. but I, I can hold my fucking own. So fuck it, keep it pushing. That's how we gonna end this motherfucker, man. Chill. Thank y'all for having mm -hmm. us, man. I appreciate that shit. Oh, Every man. time, well, it's always, oh, you a fucking right. superstar, whether you know it. My nigga. You already know you was a star. Chill. Dude, man, I hope you got this shit. This shit was crazy, this nigga's crazy. We out here. Sure. Well, that concludes another episode of the Gangsta Chronicles podcast. Be sure to download the iHeart app and subscribe to the Gangsta Chronicles podcast. For Apple users, find that purple mic on the front screen of your phone, subscribe to the show, leave a comment, and a rating. Executive producers for the Gangsta Chronicles are Norm Steele, James McDonald, and Aaron M.C.A. Taylor. Our visual media director is Brian Wyatt, 
Show's audio editor is Taylor Hayes. The Gangster Chronicles is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Any questions or comments, hit us up at the Gangster Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. Peace. Be safe out there. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.